with him, a crushes, dating, friendship and kissing podcast hosted by love amateurs Lex Croucher and Rosiana Holtz-Rojas. I think you should all know that Rosiana started the podcast by saying, I guess I'll do the intro now. So just feel good about what you're listening to um we are here to give you bad advice whether you want to make out with him her them everybody or nobody this is a podcast in progress and we'll have guests in the very 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 near future who aren't people like us i just wanted to up the state <laughs> you can send your questions to make out with him at gmail.com or use hashtag make out with him on twitter or tweet at make out with him and if possible please include pronouns and the name you would like us to call you or just anonymous it is this is the last episode for our august break in which it's we harry will... potter's birthday I like how you just, we write notes about what we want to talk about in the podcast. And August break is the first one. And Harry Potter's birthday is the second one. And Rosianna clearly thought that one of those was way more important than the other. I just don't understand why you would start with August break when it's, it's the day of our Lord. It's the day of our Lord. And also our Queen. HP. HJP. It's the day of our Lord and also our Queen JKR. Isn't it weird that she gave, sorry, the cat's like crying in the background. Hey. Isn't it weird that she gave... Is the cat crying because you started with August break? No, she's crying because she hates her life. Isn't it weird that Queen Jo <laughs> gave HJP the same birthday as her? No, I feel like that's appropriate. She's a Leo. I'm a Leo. I get it. You're all weird. Weird, weird Leos. I'm looking at the cat at the same time. Although she was born in April. What's my cat's star sign? What date in April? That might be an Aries. 26th? There might be a Taurus, 26th April. Star <laughs> yeah, Google sign. it. It's very important. I need to know what star sign my cat is. It will probably explain Taurus. a lot about her. She's a Taurus. What's the characteristics a of a Taurus? Is, is oh, it stubborn? Knows, mate. Stubbornness, but also sympathy and affection embodied in a confident She's very and stubborn. Behavior. Very stubborn and very affectionate. She's both of those things. I feel like I have to give context to this podcast, which is that I had, I went out for dinner and then I had some beers, an unspecified amount of beers so lad i'm in it lads 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 i had some beers i'm in a certain space which i don't think rosianna is in i'm in that space alone no i had one glass of wine that has yeah. slightly soured um <laughs> having been in my fridge for <laughs> about a week and it has not done the trick is it delicious vinegar wine it's slightly vinegary but to be fair it was six dollars Ooh, six dollar wine yeah i had some beer i had like a small beer a very large beer, which is definitely two beers, and then another beer, and that's four. I was just distraught. The idea that we, by the way, aren't making any podcasts in August, which I'm just bringing it right back to the talking point. We're not making, we're not, well, we're not going to upload any podcasts in August because A, we're hardworking women and we deserve a break, and B, it's not really a break and we're going to work through it. And you'll know this if you listen to the last podcast anyway, but I just wanted to warn you you save this moment listen to it at half speed although that'd be very horrible um because we're we're not gonna be here for a month and except on patreon where we'll be posting special treats patreon.com forward slash make out with him we can't make any binding promises but hopefully there'll be some stuff on special treats yes special special treats this episode is going up on harry potter's birthday and that's what Rosianna was talking about before. <laughs> I think they understood. Everyone knows. Not everyone knows. We assume that everybody is the same level everyone of Harry Potter know. intensity as us. And not everybody is. So basically, this podcast is going on Harry Potter's birthday if it's been edited in time. If it hasn't, none of this makes sense. So ha- happy birthday. I was going to say Harry birthday as a genuine accident <laughs> because I'm drunk. But I pulled it around in the end. To the boy who lived. To the boy who lived. 
please continue to send us questions even though we're not around you might not have a question right now if you do have a question right now pop it in an email send it to us if you don't just ruminate on it think spend your time wondering how you could be a part of this special podcast and then you can send us more than one question yeah. you can ask your neighbors the question yeah you can send around an anonymous survey and send us the results yes we really don't mind we love questions we just love send us your we questions. Just love questions um so yeah please send us your questions in our downtime <laughs> that's all the preamble we have for you today those are all the, the business matters of today how are you lex ah you know i've had four beers who really knows Four beers is, by the way, the amount that it takes for me to be in this state. <laughs> you mean an effective podcaster? Yes. T- to be good at audio, I just need four, exact four beers. Exact four, exactly four beers. I just want to address something, which actually hasn't really come up on the podcast so much, but has come up in my life, which is that I have a very weird accent. I am from England. I'm from Surrey. I've only ever lived in Surrey, then Southampton, and then London. So all in the south of England. For some reason, I have a slightly American accent, which lately has become a little Southern Hemisphere because I'm dating someone from New Zealand. And people have been commenting on it in my life. People from New Zealand have been like, hey, are you from New Zealand? And I'm like, no. But you're a little sponge. I'm a sponge, yeah. Well, the thing, I've read that it means that I'm empathetic, right? That I take on people's accents. And I think you've even told me that. People have told me that that means that it's a good thing. It doesn't feel like a good thing when people are like, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from here. I'm sorry. I don't know what Do I've done wrong Do you feel distant here. from your sense of yourself? I've just betrayed sorry, which is fine because no one should feel That's like fine. an allegiance to the Out of all the of the places sorry. to betray um, yeah, I feel like Surrey is probably quite high up there as, yeah. like, totally okay to betray. It's fine for me to renounce the Surrey ways. Um, but, yeah, I have a weird accent. Let's just put it to bed, everybody. All the people that didn't say anything about it. Whoa. Just so you know, put it to bed. It's moving real fast. Yeah. How are you? Um, I'm okay. I've had one of those weeks where it's kind of like you've been invited to a dinner party you're really excited about it, the dinner party's life, or your week, and you're feeling really up for it, and you're excited to see your friends, and you're excited for, like, all the things you have ahead, and then you sit down, and you realise that you've been seated next to someone you once had something with that ended up terribly, and that is mental illness. (laughs) Oh my god, that's very specific But you're trapped, because it's like a wedding or something, I don't know, it's some situation where you can't in your best mindset move um so it's been fun but no it's been like you know the funny thing is it's also been like a good week as well as a terrible one so it's gonna be fine but wednesday i go to milwaukee to see the killers Milwaukee, i go to chicago to see lord friday i see the killers again saturday it's chance the rapper and sunday it's arcade fire so it's all gonna be dandy i mean the way you worded that was very beautiful the like dinner party (laughs) The dinner party metaphor. <laughs> it was a simile because you yeah, said the like... the dinner party of torture. Yeah. Torture party, torture garden. That's a different thing. Yeah, but it sounds like you're going to go to a good place in Milwaukee. Milwaukee. I need to stop saying that. I'm sorry that I keep saying that, but it's... Milwaukee is a weird word to say. Not in an American accent. Mil- Milwaukee is in um, Love Actually, right? Is that why I keep thinking of it in that accent? Maybe. I just imagine... I just can't... Milwaukee doesn't sound right Milwaukee. in a British 
accent, which I clearly don't have, referring you to the other part where I did that rant. Should we just answer some questions? This question comes from Anonymous, who says, Hi, Lex and Rosianna. So I just wanted to ask how you get the courage to swipe right on dating apps. I just started using Bumble, but I haven't swiped right on a single person yet. This is partly because I rarely find someone who's written anything in their bio, so I just have their pictures to go off of. But it's also partly because I'm kind of scared of actually getting a match. Like, what happens then? I've never been in a relationship before, and I'm terrible at talking to strangers. So maybe this just isn't for me. I don't know. What do you think? Yours timidly, Anon. Okay, so dating apps can be great. And I've actually had really good experiences of dating apps and websites. And so I'm kind of the poster, I'm not to brag or anything, but I'm kind of the poster child for internet dating, <laughs> uh, which doesn't sound like a great thing, probably isn't, so I'll stop bragging about it now. Um, but the, the kind of good and bad thing about it is that it means nothing, which sounds really harsh, but you, it doesn't, just because you've swiped on someone, it doesn't mean anything. Because you're not looking at them in the face. You're not staring at them in the eyes and they're talking to you and you're not saying anything or like the other way around. It's it's in an app. It isn't, it isn't, it's just, it's zeros and ones. It doesn't mean anything. So you can swipe right. Wait, is right the right way? Yeah. yeah. Right is all right. Right is all right. You can swipe right on as many people as you want. You can have a conversation with someone um, if that's what you want. But I mean, maybe the first step for you if you're a bit nervous about it is just swiping right to a bunch of people i think you should just hand over your phone to someone else and let them do some swiping for you because you have to see that as not a big deal anymore because most people do which is maybe a little terrible but most people have reached the point where they're like swiping is meaningless i just swipe 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 and it's all fun and a game and maybe at some point it'll lead to something um yeah I, uh, I'm a big, big fan of handing my phone to other people because most of my friends are in relationships. So it's like a, a thing that a lot of them haven't even experienced before because they've been in relationships longer than, you know, dating apps have existed. And that really helped me take it less seriously <laughs> and also kind of made it a bit more of a community exercise. Like it doesn't mean necessarily being mean and like talking shit about people, um, but it just made it more like less like me feeling like I'm kind of by myself in it. The other thing I'd say is that like apps like Bumble have a lot of different things built in to get um, to encourage you to talk to one another. So things like if there is a match, then they have like a 24 hour um, time limit where someone can send the first message and Bumble, it's a woman, um, can send the first message in that time window. And otherwise you get kind of like unmatched. And um, you also, if you match with someone, but then you change your mind about them, you can also unmatch them. So there are lots of different ways. It's not permanent. It's not a situation of like, you're stuck in a situation with someone at any point in any instance. Um, I think that it's definitely a case of like getting comfortable with it. It really helps when they have written something in their bio. Um, but you can also go in there with bizarre questions and ask them what, I don't know, where their favourite place to go bowling is. You know, there's oh so God. many great questions So much out with there. the bowling. Ixnay on the Oling Bay. That's probably not good pig Latin. Is pig Latin too obscure? Ask them what their favourite pig is. Does anybody know what pig Latin is anymore? I don't know. 
I'm sure some people do, right? People who read the Babysitters Club definitely. Would. I only know about Pig Latin from films and books. I don't think anyone yeah. in my real existence on Earth has ever mentioned Pig Latin to me. Why would well, they? Well, it's very Americanized. It's very Ameri- It's like a very American thing that I only learned about from the Babysitters Club, but that no one in my like day to day life growing up why? knew about. Yeah, why is it called Pig Latin? I don't. Anyway. It's the Latin that pigs speak to each other. I was going to tell you a fact about pigs, but first I have to Google it, and then I have to burn my internet history forever. Okay? <clears throat> oh, God. Is it about David Cameron? No, it's about... Well, maybe. Um, pigs have 30-minute orgasms, right? I'm going to look it up because I heard that, and I don't think it's true. Oh, God. Okay. Well, the article I'm reading is on BBC Earth. And it says, We don't know what sensations the males or females experience when they mate. So any talk of orgasms is speculative. Thank God. I don't want to know anything concrete about pig (laughs) orgasms. I want it to all be speculation. But based on the... Oh, God. No, I don't want to say that word. Um, Ejaculation does appear to last a very long time. (laughs) <laughs> in a 2012 study of high performance bores yeah they're very high performance the average duration of ejaculation was six minutes what Jeez. but there was considerable variation with one male yielding semen which is the sexiest thing oh, i've ever sorry, said in my I life think I just vomited. continuously for 31 minutes i don't want to know what these people were doing to the pigs in this study at all I'm so disturbed right now. Um, My brain would never have gone there. I'm sorry. But I'm glad to have you as a friend. What? How did I get here? Pig Latin. That's not a good enough reason to be talking about semen. (laughs) Okay. Anyway. (laughs) There's a factoid you can share with a prospective stranger. Please, on Bumble, just start a conversation by being like, did you know that pigs can have 30-minute orgasms? See what they say. You never know. Maybe don't do that, actually. Okay. I don't know. (laughs) Going back to the question, like, Never. if things work out ideally, you get a match, you match with someone that you like, and, um, you know, whoever has to on the app goes first, at, and it's a good conversation, I think you just kind of start, if it's the, if, if you're new to apps, like, just start chatting back and forth. It doesn't have to be about anything in particular, like, certain people you might have more ridiculous conversations with, certain people you might chat about, you know pig orgasms or your favorite tv shows and then if you want to after that and you feel safe enough and and confident enough to meet up with this person or and you want if that's something you're interested in in the first place then you can then arrange a time and a place preferably somewhere surrounded by other people um and telling other people that you know that you're going to go on a date with a stranger um yeah, and then meet up with them. It doesn't have to be any or every one of those steps. You can skip some of them. You can not do some of them. That's totally fine. There's no like proper right way to do it. But I think uh, the biggest part is just like becoming really comfortable with the app and taking it as seriously as you want to, but knowing that you know you don't have to take it seriously. Yeah, it's a weird thing because obviously those people are real people and you don't want to detach yourself from the idea that you know you're just swiping and it's not real people and you're like playing top trumps of boning well not boning <laughs> i mean relationships and stuff what <laughs> that's not what i use apps for um yeah it, it is really like dehumanizing because you're just like these are some pictures and i find it really helpful when people have lots of information on their profile 
And by lots of information, I don't mean the people who list like their height and weight and stuff, which I find very uncomfortable, but the people who give me some kind of indication of what their sense of humor is, stuff like that. Most of the time I find it like on apps, if people are quite self-deprecating or kind of making fun of the fact that they're on an app, I find it useful because it's funny, like we're all on it. There's nothing shameful about being on it. Um, but it's the kind of weird self-consciousness about being on it that I identify with, I guess, in other people, because lots of people are on things like Tinder um, and other apps in a kind of hookup capacity and are very casual about it and will have very brazen <laughs> profiles. And that's very much not what I'm on apps for, d- despite what I just said about it being <laughs> top transfer voting. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule out casual app hookups, but I tend to like to know a person before they put their anatomy in me generally i don't know well yeah it depends on like what you're going on it for yeah really it's completely fine comes back to why you're using it yeah so and also like different apps for different things different strokes for different folks literally there's i just want to clarify there's absolutely nothing wrong with hooking up with strangers like i'm all for it if you feel comfortable hooking up with strangers because i feel like what i just said sounded really judgmental um but it's very no, much but not. No, I mean, I think you're right that, like, in, to identify what you're looking for in it. Obviously not right now. <laughs> I think you're giving me too much credit because I came across as really bad in what I said, which is fair enough because I, you know, sometimes I say things, I word things badly. What I was trying to say was that... um I, yeah, I like to have more information because I like to know a bit more about someone's personality and I like to go on dates with people before it gets physical and that's the end of that story. I don't know where I was going with it. This is good podcasting, I think. Maybe I should have another beer. Just really up my game. Team beer. Or maybe I should check on some wine. Mm, beer before wine, you'll feel fine. That's okay, it's fine then. That's the rhyme, right? Yeah. The cat's making really sad sounds at me. Hello. What is it that you require from me at this moment? Well, she just fell over on her back on purpose, so that's fine. She doesn't need anything. She's crushing it. Apps don't have to be scary. Try and make them as casual as possible. The way to do that is to just jump into it and start swiping. And it is annoying when people don't have things in their bio, but you can look at a picture and be like, that person has a kind smile. And then that can be your basis for swiping. Yeah, that person has a dog is a very important part of, like, any app. And for me, ruling out things, we've talked about this before, but, like, that person's holding a dead fish. That person's with a tiger in a drugged tiger temple. Those are things that make me not want to swipe right. Um, that person's wearing a mega cap. And holding uh, yeah, we don't have that problem so much in the UK, but that's a real struggle for Rosianna. Our next question comes from Aunt Marge. <laughs> oh, Aunt Marge. <laughs> How is Rupa? Um, It says, Hi, Lexi Rosiha, which is an interesting way of combining our names. Um, How do you make the distinction between finding someone sexually attractive and actually fancying them? I am very confused. Love, Aunt Marge. It's good to know that Aunt Marge is still having a romantic life in her advanced years. Well, she was really into Colonel Fubster. That was the subtext that I... Oh, true. She was going over there for wine... But who knows? It might not be um, it might not be Colonel Fubster that she's into. Someone else might be ringing her bell. I the weird thing is that because I can imagine like Ripper or one of her other dogs drinking. Sorry, this is a Harry Potter reference for those who are confused. Because I can imagine one of the dogs drinking out, drinking like um, 
sherry or whatever it was out of a bowl. I keep imagining Colonel Fubster drinking sherry out of a bowl. <laughs> Maybe that's a kink. I think that's, yeah, like that's like a fetish thing. So our oh, Marge was real kinky. Anywho. Oh, I don't know. Um, okay, finding someone sexually attractive and actually fancying them. It's funny because I feel like the way you phrased it here makes it seem like fancying them is more intense than finding them sexually attractive. But sometimes I find it's the other way around where I fancy someone, but I don't necessarily want to bone them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it comes down to the distinction, if it exists, (laughs) comes in what particular thing you would like to do with them. Right? Um, I don't know. I Yeah, so I was thinking about this earlier and I was thinking that I might say, oh, I... Because, like, fancying... I don't know if you... Do they have this terminology in America to fancy someone? They know of it. And other places they know, know of it, of as it. Well. Like the word twat. They think the word twat is pronounced twat. They have no idea what's going on. To fancy can either be like, oh, I really fancy him, which is like, yeah, you have, like, a huge crush on someone. But actually, a lot of the time, to fancy is kind of like, I just fancy a bit of that. Like, oh, yeah. yeah fancy, fancy a bit of that man or woman I, th- I think it depends on what word g- goes before yeah fancy. was it even like like actually fancying them or really fancying them or very mm. much fancying them that to me indicates the kind of like whether it's like a, a superficial intimacy or an actual intimacy that's kind of present in your relationship with that person yeah like emotionally maybe more than like or romantically more than necessarily just sexually um but if you fancy them, I'm also very, like, that's also can be very light and at hand. It's kind of like the different ways we use the word quite. Quite. Like, oh, they're quite good, or they're quite good. Oh, quite. You know? Yeah, that's true. I think, and it's all that emphasis, isn't it? Like, I fancy him, or it's like, I, I fancy him. Yeah, I fancy him. It's all about how you say it, and how you feel it, with your heart. Um, but, so, assuming, assuming that it's the context of like finding someone sexually attractive and like having a big crush on them do you make a distinction and if so how Lex (laughs) thanks for that really detailed question Silla Black on blind date um (laughs) that's a really obscure reference for anyone who just didn't grow up at the exact same time as us in the UK (laughs) um I tend to not find people sexually attractive until I like their personality and that's in a very practical sense like I can see somebody you know on tv or something and be like yeah really hot but for me it's always really superficial because if I then spoke to that really attractive person who's yeah you know in theory sexually attractive and they didn't have much to say or what they had to say I disagreed with or yeah, I guess a lot of the time, although not all the time, fancying someone implies being able or wanting to or almost like fantasizing about having an actual conversation with them. Yeah. And if that sexy is kind of shattered, then there it goes. <laughs> Wait, so you think fantasizing about someone you're sexually attracted to involves having a conversation with them? No, no. What I mean <laughs> is that the dis- if there's a distinction, is between finding someone sexually attractive in the sense that you like think about sleeping with them or hooking up with them in some other way um and fancying them in in the context of the way you're talking about it is maybe 
something beyond that it's like that plus not necessarily for everyone because some people aren't interested in having sex um but like that feeling plus maybe i don't know oh i feel like i've like dug myself a hole <laughs> but i don't think that <laughs> fancying someone is necessarily fantasizing about having a conversation with them i just mean that it's like maybe that less physical thing anyway i don't i also disagree with everything i just said my feeling is that I that you don't make a distinction. I think it's an artificial distinction. Probably, yeah. I mean, I think for some people who aren't interested in sex, there would be a very, yeah, yeah. big distinction in that you'd just be like, well, I never find people sexually attractive, but I can be attracted to them in other ways that aren't sexual. So I guess, yeah, for people who, for whom sex is not a focus, then... This is probably a much, not easier question to answer, but like a clearer distinction. Um, whereas Rosianna and I are, you know, sexual beings. <laughs> That's a horrible image to put in everyone's head. I knew you were going to say that. Sexual, sexual beings. Why sexual that? beings. Um, oh, God. I don't know if the distinction really matters that much. It's just how you feel and what you want in the moment, right? I don't know. Yeah. And also because, like, what it means to fancy someone feels can feel different every time. True. That is very true. peeps are different. Um, so this question is from Lena, who says, Dear Rosanna and Lex, it's true that I'm both extroverted and ambitious, but lately I've been feeling extroverted but ambitious. I find myself feeling on borrowed time a lot, and for that reason find myself saying yes to basically anything people ask of me. I also find myself connecting really deeply and easily with lots of people I meet and making what I genuinely think of as real friendships. I am, however, really ambitious in what I want to create artistically. I want to write plays and novels and poetry. I always fantasise about having just a few close friends for life that I live near, like they often do in movies and books. I always feel like a failure for not seeing friends more often. We're always playing catch-up and sometimes I feel like my time with friends has turned into a status update and not genuine companionship. I've started to feel really sad and lonely even when I'm socialising. And when I'm alone, I'm constantly conscious of how selfish I am for not using that time to call, text or reply to all of the messages I have from friends, family, acquaintances and strangers. I often feel on the verge of tears when left alone with my own thoughts and have stopped feeling like my life is my own. I would love to pick just a few friends to focus my time on, but I can never bring myself to ghost or cut others out. Selfishly, I'm also conscious of how important it is to be connected to other people when wanting to get books published, get creative jobs and opportunities. Also to learn and get different points of view to keep my horizons wide. All I want to do sometimes is to be able to write and do my own thing, but I care about and love lots of people and feel that by getting close to friends, I've promised them friendships in the future that I might not be able to deliver on or fulfil. Friendship breakups are weird to do when the person hasn't done anything wrong, right? I fear being that person who knows everyone but never really did what they wanted. I'm afraid of having a full address book and no one understanding me when it really counts. I am extroverted but ambitious and I'm not sure if it's possible to keep being both, but I don't want to split my soul in two. Gemini, Enneagram type 7, Hufflepuff who just wants everyone to like her and likes everyone, in crisis. <laughs> I mean, it is an intense crisis. Um, it's really hard, isn't it? I feel like as you get a bit older, you start to imagine your life as kind of how you'll look back on it. And you start to mm -hmm. measure your life in certain ways. And you really start to think about what you want to have achieved with your life. And it's really scary realizing i feel like when you're young you um you see your life as just like a never-ending never-ending like different possibilities 
and you don't think about the fact that you kind of, you don't pick one path in life and follow it. Like you can pick multiple paths in life and follow them, but you kind of do pick one path in life. You make decisions and you, you know, take the road less traveled or the other one every time. And you end up going down a particular journey with your life. And that is a really weird thing to realize. And, you know, you, especially when you see older people who maybe regret the things that the choices that they made in their life it's it can be very intimidating and just make you feel very pressured to making the right choices um but I feel like the thing you don't regret is doing what was right for you at the time so it is really hard to stop thinking about your life as a whole and stop thinking about you know every single thing you want to achieve but I think that if you can try and focus on what it is that's important to you right now and what, I mean, I know, I feel like you're saying that everything is important to you right now, which is the main problem, but it seems like you do just have maybe a few friends that you want to know best and you do really care about making things creatively. And if those are the priorities, then those need to be the priorities. And even though it's hard not to think about everybody else's feelings all the time, because especially as a Hufflepuff, you just want to be liked. Sometimes you just got to put yourself first and think, you know, these are the four people that I really care about. And if I have time to see other people outside of them, then I will. And these are the creative projects that I care most about. And these are the things I'm going to prioritize. Try and stick to that. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. I feel like I'm such a big... Um advocate of like scheduling time in the evenings if you are doing the work work balance thing if you are trying to do work work on the creative projects then scheduling that time in the evenings as though it were an extension of your job or like a separate part of your job so you're going to spend x many hours writing tonight or you're going to spend x many hours listening to things or reading things that are going to be helpful in the work that you want to do um obviously that does mean that you have fewer hours or fewer evenings with which to see friends now I think on the one hand yeah like you kind of do have to like pick the people you want to focus your time on I also think there are opportunities for like going to lunch with people if that's possible um if your job allows or if kind of your circumstances allow like try and go to lunch with people or even like bring lunch and go sit somewhere in a park um even if it's raining the trees are great shade from the rain um and also maybe doing things in groups so maybe you have like two or three nights a week that are for your friends who you're closest to and one night every two or three weeks where you can see a larger group of people say you go down to the pub or you go and you do an activity or you will go see a film or like around someone's house or something like that and that I think will make you maybe feel it'll make it a little bit easier and I know that like no matter what we say you will probably still feel guilt about the choices that you have to make especially with the way that you talked about friendship and the choices that you yeah the choices that you want to make for yourself um but I think it's still really important to do that because otherwise you're going to be living for other people and not for yourself and I don't mean that in like a Anne Rand fountainhead selfishness like individualistic kind of way but just that in order to make the most of your time with your friends and be more present time with your friends, you have to also look after yourself um, and kind of like nourish yourself in that way too. So it is really tricky. Um, London definitely makes it really hard <laughs> as well um, because I mean, London and other big cities are so, there's like so much stimulus going on. 
so you feel like you kind of have to do everything and you have a lot of people on different tracks and racing different goals and time is running out at different rates for different people at least it feels like that it's being presented as that so it's just remembering you know who you are within that even if you're still working it out and part of working that out is prioritizing time for your projects and yeah the things that are important to you but wow is it hard and wow do I not follow my own advice (laughs) I think the whole group thing is really important because I definitely feel that way that sometimes I meet up with people and it is a status update it's like just catching that person up on everything that's happened since you last saw them and that's all you can do um but if you're in a group of friends you do you know you have these little catch-up moments but it's less of a one-on-one interview of like what have you been doing since I last saw you okay what have you been doing if it's a group then the opportunity for like just chatting about life generally and getting into interesting discussions is it's just made like way more likely and even sometimes it can feel like a weird um, thing to combine people in like strange combinations to create groups but I've actually found that it's always worked when we're all adults now like people can get on with people outside of what you would you know assume would be their regular regular friendship group I don't know why I'm speaking so weirdly like a sad robot it's all the bit yeah that's a really good point because it doesn't have to be like you don't have to check off a list of people even in a group setting you can just mesh everyone together and like if people don't want to go, they don't want to go. Yeah. And if they do, they do. And if you all want to go and you want to sing karaoke at the top of your lungs, then by gosh, that's going to be a great night. I know a great place in London where karaoke is free on Mondays. So hit me up. HMU. HMU. Our last question comes from Rebecca. And she says, this is a quick one and not necessarily an advice question, but I figured it links to the friendship and relationship theme of your podcast. Nice. We like questions that are kind of lighthearted and fun, and we very much encourage you to send them. And they don't have to be directly related to your life. They can be general questions about life, love, friendship, the universe, and yeah. Kissing. And kissing. We really enjoy questions that are like general and theoretic and fun, because as much as we love trying to give advice to people, sometimes we're not that qualified, you know? This question goes like this. <laughs> what is your favourite rom-com? What film do you turn to to cheer you up when you're feeling down? Favourite film focusing around friendship? Much love, Rebecca. Ooh, um, I really like Bridget Jones' Diary. Oh, such a good one. And I also really like Notting Hill. Those are my two faves, probably? Maybe? I don't know. Are they both Richard Curtis films? He was heavily involved. <laughs> of course he bloody was. Because Rich, basically, for those who don't know, Richard Curtis made lots of, like, very British rom com films. I say lots of, probably only a few, but in my mind, loads of. Um, he made all the well good ones. Quintessentially British rom-coms. Yeah, they're really fun. Bridget Jones is really fun. I was going to say Dirty Dancing, but it, I was going to say it's not a com, but it is really funny. Dirty Dancing is hilarious and... Is definitely. I haven't a seen that film in like ten years. Oh my god, it's so good! I actually went to a screening because it was like the thirty-year anniversary or something, and they put on a screening in a casino, which was really weird. And also, it was a really weird screening in that the people next to us just the whole time just talked through the whole thing because we were kind of sitting at um, like tables in a bar but watching a screening. So they were clearly like, "Oh, this is a bar," and I was like, "Oh no, this is a cinema." And we were having a very different experience. So they talked through the whole film and then left before the end, which is oh, sacrilegious. I love Dirty Dancing. It is one of my favorite films ever, 
and I can't believe they left. <laughs> anyway. But one of the things I really like about um, Notting Hill and, and Bridget Jones' diary in particular is the friendship scenes are really great. Uh-huh. I can really get the sense that they have a good group of friends around both of them. They have those people who, like, maybe are not the flashiest people in your life, but they're the people who've been there and seen you through things and you've seen each other through things. And I feel like in both films... Um, that also the friends who will just like rip the shit out of you mm-hmm. when necessary but from a place of love not from a place of trying to like cut you down or like have the best joke or anything yeah and i really like that about these films yeah yay it's a it's a rom-com trope though isn't it that the romantic lead has their like three friends that they fall back on and have their not fall back on but they have their three friends that they go for kind of dating debriefs with or like sometimes it's two yeah. friends but I just find it is like a it's a big trope where it's like it cuts to them in a bar and they're debriefing about what's going on in their romantic life I really enjoy uh how to lose a guy in 10 days which <laughs> I mean it's a terrible film for many many reasons but I just love it if you haven't seen how to lose a guy in 10 days you gotta get on it and then let me know what you think the songs from that film are ingrained in my mind forever. It's on US Netflix. Oh, nice. Yeah, get on it. Oh, and um, the other 10 Things film, which is 10 Things I Hate About You, one of the best films ever made. Is it a rom-com? So good. Yeah, I guess it's a rom-com. It's, oh my God, it's just such a good film. Clueless, is that a rom-com? I, I fucking don't know. love Clueless. Probably. It's so good. Clueless and um, 10 Things I Hate About You are like my top, 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 top films that put me in excellent moods. And just make me want to flick my blonde hair all over the place. <laughs> I also really enjoy, for friendship films, The Martian. Because that's the ultimate friendship. Is it one man and his potatoes? Your friend on Mars. Potatoes. <laughs> that's my only friendship yes. that matters to me. Is potatoes. Me potatoes. But you've been cutting down on potatoes. You Ugh, left your friend on Mars. about that. It makes me sad. I really enjoyed the friendships in the Paper Towns movie. I remember coming out of Paper Towns and just thinking, yeah, good friendships. Yeah, because it kind of felt like her friendship style. Yeah, it felt very real in terms of friends. Rosianna's like, that's my other life. We don't talk about my other life on this podcast. Frozen is a good sisterhood film. <laughs> Man, I can't believe there aren't films that like stick out to me as like really... Oh, you know what's a good friendship film? What? The Lion King. The Lion King is... I mean, there are tons of films that are good friendship films. I guess I just don't imagine them in the friendship genre, which is why I'm struggling to yeah. think of them because when it's romance films, you can imagine all the romance films that you like because it's like a proper genre. Whereas friendship films, lots of things are fall into that category that's my excuse for why i can't think of friendship films i don't only watch romantic comedies i promise sometimes i watch you know children's cartoons all about friendship (laughs) i would agree with that yeah um i mostly watch the west wing all about friendship and politics and that is all about friendship and family (laughs) oh my god have you seen this like shark film that everyone got paid to tweet about no but i actually was really interested in this shark film so i read the wikipedia summary and couldn't breathe reading it (laughs) because it's about two (laughs) sisters friends i don't know and they get in a shark cage this isn't spoilers by the way because it's in the trailer they get in a shark cage thing to go swimming with sharks and then the cage breaks and falls off the boat and like drops to the bottom of the ocean (laughs) it's called like 40 47 classic down or that's definitely not what it's called anyway like reading stuff about people being trapped underwater makes me so claustrophobic and i actually genuinely couldn't breathe reading it and then i tried to watch the trailer and i also couldn't breathe watching the trailer and i don't know why i even tried to watch the trailer because i know i'm not gonna watch the scary shark film why would i that's exactly the genre i should avoid watching things where people are underwater means i just can't breathe 
Do you ever get that? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. No, it sounds horrible. No. no, it's awful. It sounds absolutely terrible. Yeah. I used to always um in oh, one of my other favorite rom-coms, which is um The Princess Bride. <laughs> Such a good film. Oh, when they get so sucked good. into the um, quicksand, I always used to hold my breath for the entire time that they were sucked into the quicksand. And now I try and do that anytime anyone's underwater or like can't breathe in a film. I try and not breathe for the same amount of time as them just to see if it's possible. It's really hard, you guys. Maybe I'm doing... It turns out that it's not possible, I'm guessing. Sometimes, yeah. I think I'm doing film watching wrong because you're meant to relax and chill. And I'm like, I can hold my breath for as long as them. I don't know, it's very well, bad. as you know, I pretty much only have one fear, but it's a very, very extreme fear yeah. um, of the arachnid family, which I literally even saying that fills my body with dread. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I don't get scared of um, that stuff. But I, I do get very afraid of the spiders. But I saw Dunkirk um, the other week nice. and it was just brilliant. I was so impressed by that film. I absolutely loved it. You have a projector now though, right? Oh my God, yeah, you guys. I spent money on a projector and it was really expensive, but it was such a good purchase because now I can watch anything on the big screen. I've been watching Gilmore Girls a lot on the big screen. and it's But with no um, with no screen glare, oh, which is really nice. Because that's something I find, like after work I want to chill out and watch something, but I also don't want to... Look at you know horrible glare. Well, thanks to everyone for listening to um, the podcast. Reminder that we're going on hiatus um, until September. Yeah. Hope you'll have a very wonderful Harry Potter's birthday. Um, eat lots of cake with bad spelling on it. Yeah. Sorry that I was drunk for the last podcast. <laughs> but please do keep sending questions in over the break. Um, if you want to send in questions, where can they send them, Lex? You can send them to makeoutwithhim at gmail.com or you can tweet us at makeoutwithhim or use the hashtag makeoutwithhim. All on Twitter, except the emailing, which is not on Twitter, is in wherever you send emails. Couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, you definitely um... could have done. <laughs> Anyone could. My cat could have done. Meow. We'll speak to you again. In September. Yeah. Roll the outro.